Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this audio sermon. You can find a full archive of sermons on our website, holycommunion.net. This sermon was preached by me, the Reverend Mike Angel, Rector of Holy Communion, on Sunday, November 8th, 2020, the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. In the name of the loving, life-giving, liberating God, amen. You know not the day or the hour. Was Jesus just trolling this week in 2020? Did Jesus have that kind of foresight? You know not the day nor the hour? This may have been one of the longest weeks in my memory. Yesterday, when the news came out about Biden's win, I was standing right here. We were in the last moments of an online memorial service for our longtime member, Pete Dean. At the reception afterward on Zoom, his grandson told me, the news broke as the service was ending. You said the peace of the Lord be always with you, and I got a message on my phone that Biden had won. One of Pete's lifelong friends chime in. As a lifelong Texas Democrat, Pete would have thought that was exactly right. You do not know the day or the hour. The wait this week was long. It feels like Tuesday night was a month ago. And today we encounter a story from Jesus about time. Jesus tells a seemingly simple story about wise and foolish bridesmaids. And some come prepared for the wait. Others are left out in the dark. And be like the wise bridesmaids, Jesus exhorts his disciples. Keep awake, keep alert. Except the story Jesus told wasn't literally about staying awake. All of the bridesmaids fall asleep in the parable. And the bridesmaids who make it into the banquet also slept. Wisdom, it turns out, is not about sleeplessness. We know about sleeplessness in this country, don't we? We know about worry. We know about anxiety. I wonder how many cumulative hours this congregation slept this week. My guess is not as many as a usual week. I know I was restless. Faith tells us being awake has another dimension. It's not anxious sleeplessness. Being awake has another dimension. I want to play for a moment with this tale of the wise bridesmaids. I want to ask, what is spiritual about their seemingly small decision to bring extra oil? Why does this small act matter? To dig in, we have to talk for a moment about first century weddings. Bear with me. The definition of marriage has shifted a great deal in the last two millennia, thank God. But in the time of Jesus, brides were usually purchased. Women were the property of men. Wedding parties were elaborate multi-day festivities, but they began with a negotiation. Before the feast, just before the bridegroom processed to the banquet hall, there was bargaining to be done. The price for the bride had to be set. And scholars tell us that the parable's bridesmaids were most likely members of the bridegroom's family, and they would have waited outside until the deal was settled to follow their relative into the banquet and greet his new wife. 
knowing this background, the wise bridesmaid interaction, it might read a little bit differently. Maybe some of these particular women know their kinsmen well enough to think through the evening's likely event. With this guy, we might want to have some extra midnight oil. He doesn't value women. He'll have to be brought around to a higher price. This negotiation might drag on. Better bring some backup. This reading might also explain why the jerk won't let the other women into the banquet later. Could we read this gospel less as some arbitrary final judgment? I've told you before, I think we jump to read stories like this looking for who Jesus condemns. I understand why the church has been quick to condemn all sorts of people. And this morning I would encourage you, let go of the anxiety about who is cast out. And Jesus didn't share our ideas, our anxieties about heaven and hell. That's something the church invented later. Let's focus on the exhortation, be like the wise women. These wise bridesmaids have not simply prepared ahead. They've thought about their context. These women are awake in a specific way to their time. They are conscious of the power dynamics in their society and in their own family. The idea of women as chattel for sale in marriage should make your skin crawl. As I said, our idea of marriage has changed. But the women in Jesus' story lived with their reality of power. They were awake to the reality they faced. They knew the dynamics well. Jesus seems to be advocating a specific kind of awareness, a specific kind of alertness. And Jesus encouraged his followers to develop cultivated consciousness towards the dynamics of economics, gender, and power. Here in our city, in our day, we would add race, class, immigration status, ability, gender identity, sexual orientation. Be awake, alert to the systems of power, know the structures of injustice. If you are celebrating yesterday's news, if yesterday you breathed one giant sigh of relief, if you feel you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, Jesus would invite you. Stay alert. Stay awake. Stay awake to the coalition of people who worked together. Stay awake to the black women leaders whose votes carried us here. This year we celebrate both the 150th anniversary of the 15th Amendment, recognizing the right of black men to vote, and this year we celebrate the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, recognizing the votes of women. Black women in Atlanta, in Philadelphia, in Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Milwaukee, they overwhelmed voter suppression and carried our president and vice president-elect home. If you are celebrating what we have done this election, if you are celebrating that we have made a statement, that we have stood up for science and compassion and democracy, don't let go of that we. Wake up. Remember that we depended on the votes of black women, LGBTQ plus folks, disabled people, and immigrants. The next time you hear a community activist in North City, St. Louis say, we need you to stand with us for police reform, we need more funding for schools, remember whose votes you depended on this week. 
Remember this we. You know what? Remember this we even if you voted the other way. These last four years have emboldened hate. The way to healing is paved by listening to those who have been hurt. The way of love is the way of accompanying those who suffer. No matter how you voted, you can learn to take the votes and the voices of the marginalized more seriously. That's the path to unity. Start today. I told you last week, no matter who won the election, we would have work to do. Friends, we still have work to do. Especially in Missouri, especially in Missouri, we have work to do. But this is a sermon, not a political speech. We claim to follow Jesus. This parable tells us about the kingdom of God, the reign of love, the beloved community. Jesus asks us to be like the wise bridesmaids, awake to systems of power. And Jesus always invites us to be awake to God's presence. Dr. Howard Thurman was a mentor to Dr. King. I heard someone recently say that Thurman was who Dr. King hoped he would grow up to be. Howard Thurman was known as the mystic of the civil rights movement. He told activists, young and old, to find the sound of the genuine in themselves. Find the sound of the genuine. And Pastor Otis Moss of Chicago interprets Thurman's phrase this way. Discover what makes you come alive. And the encounter with the spirit, the encounter with silence, the encounter with God. And that God is a God of justice. Jesus says, keep alert. Thurman might translate, come alive. Stay attuned to the sound of the genuine. We are people of faith, and let me tell you a secret. Spirituality is not about accumulating hours of prayer. Not about accumulating hours of prayer for the sake of appearing holy. Spirituality isn't just about Sunday morning. Spirituality is about deepening. Spirituality is about deepening your listening to the world, to your neighbor, deepening your examination of structures of power. And spirituality is about deepening your listening for the voice of God, the voice of the Spirit, for the sound of the genuine in your own life. That deepening of listening to the world, to the Spirit, tends to produce another deepening. It deepens our commitments. Keep those lamps trimmed. Keep the oil filled to the brim because the world needs you. The world needs you to be alive, alert, prepared. Your neighbor needs you to be grounded, ready to love, and ready to put love into action by working for justice. And Jesus was looking for followers who were willing to love God through loving their neighbors. Jesus was looking for folks who were willing to stand sentinel for the coming of the reign of love. This week, Tuesday, a number of folks from this congregation stood guard for their neighbor. I was so proud to see the communications going back and forth on social media as parishioners from Holy Communion brought chairs to the polls to help folks wait 
They brought water for voters standing in long lines in the sun. They called this effort the vote situation, and they joined with folks from around the city. They concretely loved on their neighbors this week, and you made your rector proud. We've got work to do in the months ahead. We've got work to do to expand this kind of work, to expand this kind of activism. But today, today, let me say, friends, it's been a long week. I'm tired, and I'm willing to bet you're tired. In the gospel this morning, Jesus isn't saying not to rest. Jesus wants you to rest. Because Jesus is challenging us all to grow deeper. Deeper in our listening, deeper in our spirituality, deeper in our commitment to the work of loving our neighbor. May God grant us depth to meet this moment. Amen.